Welcome, everyone, to episode nine of From the Stands, the Cool Pick Show. I'm, of course, your host, Ryan Kolpitz. Uh, thank you for joining us again for another week, uh, where this week we will be chatting with uh, CFL alumni and Toronto Argonauts alumni, as well as two-time Great Cup champ Matt Black. So as soon as Matt comes on, we will be able to get rolling. Uh, we hope that all of you are doing well and are uh, enjoying this long weekend. Um, before we get started as well, I would like to thank Matt Creative and Matthew DeCastro for their work uh, on their show with all of our promos and designs. Uh, if you need any design work uh, done in your life or for your work, please let us know and we will connect you with them. Uh, so let's get Matt on here and start chatting. <clears throat> Just waiting. There he is. Hello, sir. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Can you hear good. me good? Yeah, I can hear you great. Am I coming good to you? Yeah, loud good. and clear, man. How's things, man? So far, so good. Um, you know, plugging away through this quarantine like everyone else and uh, trying to stay busy. Um, you know, we got some stuff we're working on in the front office. And uh, yeah, you know, just enjoying the time with my daughter, taking it easy with her, going on some bike rides, doing some workouts and... Uh, a lot of cooking, so <laughs> nothing crazy. Have you made banana bread yet? I haven't, but my mom's made banana muffins, <laughs> so I've had a few of those. <laughs> okay, okay. It seems that as soon as quarantine hit, the first thing that everyone started making was bread and banana bread. So. Yep, yep. We've made some chocolate chip cookies. Um, uh, my daughter's done a little bit of baking, some um, fruit salad and stuff like that. So little things that a seven-year-old can make, but... Uh, Nothing too crazy. Well, that's good, man. At least it keeps yeah. her active and it, it gives you something to do during the day, right? Yeah, yeah. What about you? Are you old enough? I'm good, man. I'm fortunate to still be able to work from home, but I had to go from playing sports six, seven days or five to six days a week to stay at home to do nothing. So that's where yeah. I'm like, okay, you know what? I had this radio show in college, so I'm going to rebirth that a little bit and make from the stands and here we are, nine episodes deep, and uh, it's still rolling, which I'm really excited for. And um, we've had a lot of positive feedback on the show from people tuning in and watching and saying, like, how great these episodes have been and how I should do this past quarantine. So hopefully um, when everything is kind of back up to a normal lifestyle, um, we'll be able to still continue doing these things. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's amazing. I'm glad to be here and uh, looking forward to it, man. Should be a good day. Yeah, man. So let's hop right into it. Uh, so my first question for you was back in high school, um, you played a number of different sports from ice hockey, uh, baseball, rugby, football, etc. Um, what made you ultimately decide to kind of go down the pathway of uh, choosing football? Honestly, I think football chose me. Um, my first love was uh, baseball. I fell in love with that at a young age. Um, some of my best friends that I have to, still to this day are from baseball, and same with hockey. You know, that was that was my world for a while. Um, and I didn't start playing football until I got to high school. And there was just something about the game that uh, that stuck. That you know, it's got its claws in me, and it, it didn't let me go. And um, you know, I was very fortunate to be able to play the game for 20 years and uh, had so much fun. Met so many great, amazing people, and um, I'm glad the game chose me. I really am. Now, 
It's funny that I, when I was looking a little bit back in your history of where you went to high school and everything, you actually went to Northern Secondary School here in, like in Toronto. Greatest and high school ever. It's crazy. Uh, I almost went to Northern because I grew up in the city. I went to Eglinton Public School for elementary school. Awesome. Um, and then I almost went to Northern, but me and my family decided to move out to Whippy um, through grades six and seven. So, okay. um, yeah, when I saw Northern, I was like, man, what a small world. Small world, man. Yeah, it's a great high school. Um, we missed you there. So um, if you could do it over again, come to Northern. But, yeah. uh, you know, it was yeah, amazing time. Had a had a great time. I'm still close with a lot of the people, um, you know, that I met there. Um, I've taken the cup back there a couple of times. We've had the opportunity to win it and, uh, you know, really, really happy and excited about my uh, my time there. And, um, you know, a lot of great lessons that I learned and uh, put the football bug in me. So no complaints on my end. And we're definitely going to chat about those uh, two great cups that you did win. But first off, we got to talk about your draft. In mm. 2008, you got drafted by the Toronto Argonauts. Um, what was that moment like for you to get drafted by a team and, like, not only make the CFL, but also be drafted by a team in a city that you grew up in. Oh, that was really amazing. Um, I was in college. I was in my junior year, so I had another year left of school. And I was really excited. You know, I was I sat in the computer lab. The, the draft wasn't even aired at that time. It was um, all done online. And I, uh, you know, sat in my computer lab at Saginaw Valley and, and watched, the, um, watched the draft unfold and um, not gonna lie, I was pretty upset where I got drafted. I thought it was a, a lot better than a lot of guys that got drafted in front of me. And you know, I, in hindsight, I'm happy it happened the way it did because it gave me, you know, extra motivation and um, you know, determination. Just kind of kind of came into the room with a chip on my shoulder. And um, you know, the rest, as they say, the rest is history. You know, I was very fortunate to play uh, for ten years and loved every moment of it. And you know, that was a very exciting time, not only for myself, but my family, all the hard work that they put in, you know, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, aunts and uncles, everyone was real fired up for me. Um, it was a very, um, you know, very humbling experience as well, because you, you know, you, you're one of the guys that's looking to get drafted. You're a big fish in a small pond and now you get drafted and now you're a small fish in a big pond. Right. So uh, there was a lot of work that had to be done. But, uh, you know, very happy for the way things unfolded. What was it like for you in 2009 was the first year that you got played or you started your career? Um, and as you mentioned, it, it ended up being a 10-year career. What was the start for you like to kind of get, like, everyone's going to have this, a different experience on their first game and, um, and just running onto the field uh, with their team and everything. What was that feeling like for you? Very surreal. Uh, very nervous. Um, uh, it's interesting that, you know, when I take a look at my first game, you know, and you go through your career and, you know, as you, you get more experience and you've seen more and you've done more those, those nervous feelings, they all kind of go away. And I know, I don't remember the last time I was nervous for a game, but I remember I was, I was, you know, petrified in some sense <laughs> that first game we, uh, we were playing Hamilton okay. in, in old Iver win and, um, you know, first game of the season, um, I believe it was uh, like a Victoria Day long weekend. It was like a holiday weekend or something like that. Long weekend, so a big, big crowd, and uh, it was just ruckus. You know, my first interactions with the, uh, you know, the Tie Cat and Argo rivalry, and um, I always, I always remember this. There was a little girl standing on the field, 
they were doing one of the they had the big Canada flag, Canadian flag on the field and this little girl she must have been about three or four years old and she was just yelling at the top of her lungs boo Argos suck boo Argos suck and I was running onto the field thinking like man they start from early here and uh we were lucky we went on to win that game um you know and uh you know, handed the tie caps an L, but it was um, it was great. It was really great. Uh, nervousness, full of excitement. Um, you know, just wanted to make some plays and help my team out, and uh, you know, had a great, 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 great time. So I obviously yeah. feel that every team or every city is like that, though. We take them young on any level just to get there, but I mean, three is a whole other like atmosphere, really. Yeah, she could barely speak, man. Her dad was holding her, and she would just, we were running right by her, and she just kept yelling at us, boo, Argo suck. I'll never forget that, in that little face, but it was it was pretty cute. It was pretty cute. She had her tie cat her stuff first, on, so. Her first word was mom or dad. Her second word was boo. We need to trade her for this. Pretty much, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> um, now, besides that moment there, if you had to pick a moment in your, I know it's going to be tough um, because there's obviously a lot of historic moments of which some will touch about shortly. But if there was one moment that you had to touch about or talk about that was your favorite over your 10 year span with uh, the double blue, what would that be? I know um, there's a lot. I think, I think the, the biggest moments the best moment for me was probably, you know, when uh, in 17, when we won the great cup, not, not alone, you know, I made a great play in that game, but um, just everything that we went through that year, that, that year kind of culminated in that one, in that game right there. Um, you know, it was a, the team, I think Van Zyl said it, you know, we were a team of misfits. Um, nobody wanted us. A lot of guys that had been cut or, you know, were considered the tail end of their career washed up and all these different things. And, um, you know, we really, we sacrificed and we bought into something that was bigger than ourselves. And, um, you know, we were the underdogs the whole year. No one expected us to do much. Um, even when we got to, when we got to the Grey Cup, you know, people, I was lucky. It was fluke. You guys aren't going to, you know, Calgary's going to, you know, run you guys out the gym. And, you know, nobody, nobody really believed in us except ourselves. And, you know, it was very, very, very special to be a part of. And I'm I'm so grateful that I was a part of that team. It taught me so much about life, you know, resiliency and, you know, developing backbone and, and um, you know, what you can accomplish together, right? The, the amazing things that people can accomplish together when you have one common goal and you sacrifice for each other. You know, that year really, the way I sum it up, he's like, no one really cared who who got this, who had the success, right? Who got the praise, who got the accolades. It was just about us winning games and finding a way to win games and win when it mattered and win when it counts. And, you know, we were able to do that. And, you know, that was the, that was probably the best team that I've ever been a part of in my career. Um, you know, we were extremely close. We sacrificed for one another and, um, you know, that, that was, that's the, the best memory that I have from playing is that 2017 team and you know, what we were able to accomplish together. And let, let's actually talk about that 2017 team and more so you, you and your play because you've won two great cups with Toronto, one in 2012 and then, of course, in 2017. And it was such a close 
watching that game. I remember being at my friend's uh, family's place. We were watching that game. It was snowy. The weather conditions were brutal in Calgary. And uh, I believe, was it Calgary that the game was being hosted in? Ottawa. Ottawa, correct. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but um, I know it was a three-point game, and you ended up catching the interception to kind of seal and deliver that victory to Toronto. What was that feeling like for you? Just like obviously all the hard work and determination, as you said, where a lot of people wrote that team off. A lot of people said that that team was like, uh, like uh, Chris Van Zell said, the land of misfits. Like, where? What was that feeling like to catch that interception and just secure that victory? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, it was a very amazing feeling, um, you know. But for me, it's just not just it's not about that one play. It's you know, it's the amount of plays that we made in that game. Whenever we needed one, guys made one. You know, you look at Devere's you know, hundred hundred yard you know touchdown reception. You know, Ricky throws a great ball. So you know, probably one of the best DBs in the league still in this league right now. Um, uh, Campbell, the you know, Posey's against Campbell. It's a great matchup. And, uh, you know, it's a guy that's, uh, you know, made a lot of big plays in his life. And he was right there to make that play. And Posey, you know, found a way to, you know, to, to bring it home. And then, you know, you look at Jermaine and Cleon hustling to that ball and, you know, making and knocking it out. Um, you know, and then, you know, Cassius being right there on the spot. You know, he's 20 yards deep into the end zone when he, um, you know, when he, when he, when that ball is fumbled, right? And he, he picks it up and, you know, takes it back 105 yards. You look at Liram making big, big catches, or sorry, big kicks um, when we needed it the most, um, you know, to put us up three. You know, SJ, Devere making big plays, James, offensive line, defensive line. Everybody, every position group made plays that game when they needed to. Um, so, you know, I was, I was fortunate. I was the last one to make a play, but without the – 10 or 12 other big plays in that game that doesn't that that play doesn't happen and it doesn't matter so you know for me that that year and that game culminated everything that we were about that team every every aspect of that team like there was no quit in us you know we we developed backbone we struggled all year we learned how to suffer we loved on each other you know we found ways to make plays when we needed to the most and we believed you know we just trusted the process we put our head down and we, you know, we, we didn't look up until the clock hit, you know, triple zeros across the board. And, and, um, you know, to be a part of that and to be a part of that with that many men and to, to know that you have the utmost trust in every single one of those guys. Um, it's absolutely, it's, uh, it's absolutely amazing feeling. So for me, you know, being able to help that team cap that off, you know, and, and play that game was just absolutely amazing. So can't can't say enough about that team. It's an amazing team. Yeah, there's definitely, as the saying goes, there's no I in team, and it's definitely a whole team momentum play that ultimately gets a victory, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, just kind of another aspect of 2017, as you mentioned, there were cuts uh, to the team, uh, yourself included. You were cut at the start of the 2017, but then you uh, season, but then you were signed a week later. Um, what, and like you talked about earlier um, in the discussion about when you were first drafted, how there was a bit of a chip on your shoulder back then. What was the chip like or what was the feeling like rather uh, for you when you got cut, then re-signed and then worked with your team, worked on all the hard work and determination and then ultimately uh, helped your team, uh, as you mentioned, team effort win the Grey Cup that year? 
Yeah, it was uh, it was a surreal feeling. You know, you you know, you get released in the middle of the season. That's not something that you want. Um, uh, but you know what? There was no hard feelings to be honest with you. Um, when I left and came back, it felt like I you know didn't leave at all. So <laughs> like a bye week kind of. Uh, the guys welcomed me back with open arms, and uh, you know I was happy to be back. You know I loved those guys, and um, you know it was uh, you know they 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 handled dealt with me the right way, and you know it's part of the business. Uh, it just you know just adds another layer of I guess excitement to the story that I can tell in another twenty years. But um, you know often when I think of two thousand seventeen, I, I that that memory doesn't even come up. You know it's just uh, you know a blip in the road, but. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it happened and it, you know, I get everything happens for a reason. Right. So exactly. we, we were able to, to get back together and make some amazing happen. So, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. Now, another kind of over your span career question I have for you is what would you say has been the toughest, like one of the toughest games or one of the toughest competitors you've had to face during your career? Ooh, man. Um, that's a really good question. I think, you know, Hamilton is always a big battle. You know, whenever you play them, it's uh, it, it's a rivalry game, right? And the fact that they're so close, um, it just puts so much more pressure and anxiety. And, you know, um, it, there's so much more passion behind the game. It's... Uh, it's it's amazing to play because you go into those stadiums. You know, a lot of the guys that we we know each other. We you play against each other. Your friends, you know, and you, you you see each other out in the city and stuff. And you know, you guys talk and chop it up. But on game days, and you go into Hamilton, you know, there's no friends. There's you know, it's everybody. Everybody hates each other. The fans hate you. They're gonna throw stuff at you. They're gonna make they're gonna make amazing signs and you know, talk smack and. You know, when they come to Toronto and they play, their fans travel. So, um, you know, those those robberies are, are probably the best ones to play in um, just because, you know, we play them three, four times a year, five times a year sometimes, right? And a lot of times there's playoff implications at stake. Um, and when there's not, it's just the it's just the age-old rivalry that, you, you know, you just hate each other. So um, that's it. And then one guy that I see on here, Speedy. Um, he's, he's one of the, he's in my career, he's probably been one of the guys that's been the most consistent, um, uh, guys that you really have to be cognizant of at all times. You know, you see him take plays and, uh, take, take a screen pass that should be, you know, a five or 10 yard gain. And he makes three guys miss and takes it down the sideline for 60 or 70 yards. And, um, he's a guy that can change the game at, at any given time. So whenever he touches the ball, you know, you have to, you have to make sure he, he, you put him on the ground um, and he's elusive. Um, you know, he, he probably weighs buck 25 soaking wet. Right. But he plays like he's two twenty-five, right. He's got a lot of heart and he's uh, you know, he, he's a competitor. So a lot of respect for him and, and um, you know, he, he's a tough guy to play against. So they got a good ball player in him. And there's actually another guy in the shot, uh, Moneyball 36, I believe. Mm. Well, that said, in 2017, you actually didn't get cut. They didn't give you a veteran bye week. Yeah, I know that guy pretty well, man. Yeah, they just they just gave me a little breather, man. They knew my my old. I was getting old, and I needed some time off. So, <laughs> um, so talking about the end of your career in 2019, you stepped away from the game, but mm -hmm. you took a step not so much away from the game, but from the field into the front office. 
you network for football operations as well as player op- or sorry football op- yeah football operations and player relations what's that like for you now um still working with the argos but in a different capacity it's awesome it's a lot of fun um you know i gotta give a lot of praise to um you know our former general manager jim pop and head coach Corey chamberlain and uh president bill may for giving me this opportunity to um you know, to step into the front office, into this role. And, um, you know, it's, it's a big learning curve. You're learning the, the, you know, the business side of sports, you know, working at a, at a prestigious, you know, uh, top echelon company like Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. Um, but I'm really, I'm really happy about this opportunity for myself. I'm really looking forward to learning, learning more about the business of, of sports and, you know, helping this team, you know, reestablish, reestablish itself in the community, um, you know, continue to do the great work that we do, you know, but just help magnify it even more. And, uh, you know, really want to help these guys, you know, play the game that they love and give them every opportunity that they can to be successful on and off the field. And, um, you know, with our new general manager, uh, uh, Pinball Clemens, everybody is very familiar with him and knows him very, very well. And he's, um, you know, he's doing amazing things for us. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, whenever this 2020 season kicks off. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning lots. They're putting new stuff on my plate every day. And I'm really, um, I'm really appreciative and enjoying my role with the team and uh, looking forward to see kind of, you know, where, where things grow and develop into in the, as the years come. Yeah, we had a couple of uh, fan questions coming to the show as well. The first one actually be talking about pinball and what it's like to work with him now um, from like witnessing him as a player, um, work like chatting with him. Obviously, he's always at BMO Fields uh, during game days, usually before uh, his role now as general manager, but also to like everyone knows or anyone that's really talked to pinball, his outgoing and his enthusiastic uh, spirit and everything that relates around that. What's it like working with um, someone with that passion behind them. It's awesome. Um, learn a lot from pinball, just watching him day to day. Um, and you know, he's a really great, one of the great things, he's a really amazing motivator. Most people know, um, he's a really, uh, really selfless guy too, right? If there's anything that he can do to help you, um, he really wants to push you. He's an amazing boss. He, um, you know, he doesn't micromanage you. He's there to support you if you need it. Um, you know, but he's always just giving you little tidbits of wisdom that you can take with you on your so for me i don't think there could be a better i could have a better boss um uh, he doesn't like it when i call him boss but <laughs> i still call him boss and um you know i've developed a great friendship with him and you know i learned so much from him every single day just seeing him in the office seeing him interact with his daughters and his family and you know getting to go out to great cup this year with him and you know some of our staff and you know just see him you know how how incredibly busy he is but he still finds time for his you know for his for his kids it's, it's absolutely amazing to watch and it's inspiring to me so for me um you know i really i really just try to soak up everything that i can from him and you know his knowledge his understanding of the game the way that he sees the game his philosophies on you know team and how you treat people and you know treating guys on the way in on the way out and you know you know the 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 ideals of our franchise and you know how we have to live them and every single day and you know how those things will slowly spread from us on the inside to the outside world so you know it's been it's been a really really awesome having him you know there at the helm and um you know he's you know he's we've put a lot of great pieces in place 
And, uh, you know, just seeing him do his due diligence on the coaching hires and, you know, how he interacts with every, every staff member and even the various departments in the MLSE and, um, you know, how he's been there for a short period of time, but, you know, just has assimilated so well. And, um, you know, it's, it's really encouraging and inspiring to me. So it's great, great to have him as a boss. That's really amazing. Yeah. Like I've got the fortunate uh, pleasure of being able to meet him a few times and I always feel rejuvenated after talking to him and, um, hard not to. Yeah. Exactly. It's anyone that talks to him, just like, and the, the funniest part about him too is that, which is really humbling uh, or a humbling aspect I appreciate is that as much as pe- like he's on his schedule and people are like, yo, we got to go. He's always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like two more minutes. Like, let me tell you. So. Yeah. Yes. You know, pinball's got time for everybody in the world. That's an amazing quality for him, man. But I feel bad for his his assistants, his EAs, and when they're trying to keep them on, on, on schedule, man, I feel for them because I don't know how you do it. I don't think it's possible, but he, you know, that's an amazing quality that he has and he always has time for everyone. He's so personable with everyone as well, right? It doesn't seem like it's, it's never fake. It's very genuine with Penner and, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's important to make time for people and, you know, he does that and it's, uh, it's really, it's, it's, uh, it's a really awesome thing to be around. So, uh, you know, very fortunate. Now talking about personally, the next fan question we actually had, um, the question was, was that who has the biggest arms in the office? But the answer is only valid if you don't mention their legs. <laughs> I think I know where that, that question is coming from. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen, uh, I haven't been checking out people's guns, but I know we got this guy or one of our media guys. He's got these twig legs, man. His his legs look something like this, right? <laughs> this is what his legs look like. <laughs> he got the skinniest skinny jeans in the world. Yeah. <laughs> guy by the name of Chris. I don't forget his last name though. Bolanovich. <laughs> oh, there you go. The reason I know that is because, well, A, he, he submitted the question, but B, I actually went to school with Chris a couple of years ago out at Durham oh, College, so we, we have awesome. a history together, and uh, when when he saw the promo for the show, he's like, yo, Matt's such a chill dude, and you'll you'll have a fun conversation with him, but ask him this question. <laughs> so. That's all he does. That's why he's got twig, twig legs, right? Because he never does any legs. He, all he does is arms, so this guy's pretty... <laughs> Get some big hammers on it, man. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's a great guy. I love working with Chris. He's uh, he's 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 a you know he's a character, man. He brings life to the office. So really fortunate to have him. Yeah, he's a super chill dude, and uh, similar like he always takes time to chat with people um, whenever running around. But it's it's funny to it's wild to see him and like I'll I'll be at an Argos game. I'll be like, Yo, Chris, what's up? And he's like, Yeah, oh, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. And he's like always <laughs> running around. He is, man. They keep them busy on, on game days. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my next question for you is, what, what kind of advice would you give someone that's maybe watching or going to be watching the, this episode um, that wants to get either into football, whether it's trying to make a team um, on the roster or doing what you're doing now with football operations and being on the back end of uh, football and, and interacting with guys and, and making sure that the team uh, succeeds? Yeah. Um, persistence, right? I think that's the biggest thing that anyone can have is, um, have persistence, um, you know, be personal, reach out to people, develop connections and network. Uh, this world is a lot of, uh, it's a lot of who, you know, 
um, and, and being, uh, and being introduced to opportunities when they do arise. And I think that's, uh, one of the, the biggest things that you can do, right. Is just, um, you know, be around for the opportunities when they come up and be ready to, you know, to jump on them and, uh, be ready to work hard. You know, you work lots of hours, late nights, early mornings, you know, um, evenings, weekends, there's, you know, especially on game days, there's no, there's no uh, holidays and stuff like that. You're going to lose your weekends, but, um, you know, if you care about the game, you love the game, it's all worth it. So, um, yeah, be, be around for the opportunities for sure. And, uh, be persistent because, you know, when one door closes, another one opens and, um, you know, I just, I think that's, you know, it's really important to be around when the opportunities are, uh, you know, pre- present themselves because they don't present themselves that that uh, that frequently. But if you if you are persistent enough, something's going to come up, open up for you when you when you want it to, and and you know you then you can take it and run with it. Words of wisdom, right there. Um, my last question for you is um, the. Uh, You've done a lot, obviously, on the field. You're doing a lot now with the Argos off the field, but you also reach out to community and you do a lot of community initiatives. What was the push or drive for you that you wanted to give back to a community that not only you grew up in, but that also embraced you uh, with Toronto for the past or for 10 years of your career? Yeah, so I grew up in downtown Toronto. Uh, I was an inner city kid. I grew up right out of Jarvis and Dundas. Um, so not much more inner city than that you can get. But um, I had so many people that gave to me along my journey, and um, I just felt it was only right. Um, you know, I grew up playing baseball at John and his community center, and hockey at Moss Park, and baseball at Regent Park. And, um, you know, we had so many volunteer coaches and people that donated time and, and equipment to us. And, and, you know, I was, you know, I'm fortunate that I was put in a position where I get to, you know, represent this city um, on the football field and just wanted to give back to those, to, you know, to the communities that supported me growing up um, and, you know, hopefully inspire, you know, other kids, to, you know, to use their athletic ability, you know, to give themselves an education and open doors for themselves in life. And, um, you know, that's one of the, the most amazing things about MLSC now is that I get to continue to, you know, do what I love, you know, I have passion for football and to learn something new in the business side of the world, but also give back, um, you know, very fortunate to be an ambassador over at the launch pad where they, you know, work with so many, um, you know, marginalized youth and, you know, inner city, uh, youth, and they do some amazing work over there. Um, you know, so to get an opportunity to go in and, and be a part of that is, is absolutely amazing. And then also, you know, uh, you know, during this pandemic, you know, the bringing Toronto back to our feet initiative, you know, where we go, go out and make uh, meals for frontline workers and people in shelters. So just an opportunity, you know, to continue that work um, is, is a real blessing for me and, and something that I look forward to. And, and I'm very appreciative that MLC provides us with those opportunities. So, you know, for me as a city guy and someone that has been given so much to um, the city has given so much to me to be able to give back a little bit to the city to me is only right. And, um, you know, it's really amazing to see everyone kind of banding together and joining, uh, you know, joining forces during this, uh, this crazy time right now. So, um, you know, appreciate you having me today, man. Of course, man. It's awesome. I'm, I'm appreciative that you, uh, were able to sit down and chat with us today. Um, and thank you to everything that you're doing still with, uh, with COVID happening for those frontline workers. It's really, um, humbling, 
uh, experience uh, for you, but also for everyone involved as well. And uh, as everyone's uh, hoping and praying that this eventually uh, ends and we, we get back to that normalcy sooner than later. But um, for now, we can only uh, just do what we're guided to do. And um, But then hopefully, like I said, get back to that normalcy. Yeah, you know, nothing lasts forever. So, uh, you know, this will, this too shall pass. We'll get over this, you know, in due time. And you just got to be patient right now and, you know, take this proper safety precautions and make sure that, uh, you know, everybody is as safe as possible. And, uh, you know, we get through this. Um, but, you know, uh, I like the saying, well, how do you eat an elephant? You know, one day at a time, you know, and I think, or one bite at a time. And I think if we just take this similar approach one day at a time, Everybody takes an opportunity every day to do something that's going to better yourself. You know, spend some time with family and friends, reach out to people you don't normally get to talk to, um, you know, find a way that, you know, if you can give back, you can give back um, or, you know, even work on something that you've, you know, had a passion about, but never had an opportunity to, you know, like yourself. You know, I think you're a great example of, you know, starting this podcast up and, you know, having some great success with it and something you care about and, you um, you know, these are all positive, great, constructive ways that we can, you know, make the most of this time and, you know, help it go by faster. And, uh, you know, hopefully as this weather improves, um, you know, and, and the numbers keep dropping, that we'll be able to get back to normal life as, uh, as soon as we can. So appreciate you having me today, man. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. And, um, you know, we'll look forward to uh, tuning into the other episodes. Thanks, man. I appreciate all the kind words. And uh, thanks again for joining us. No problem. Take care, Ryan. Have a great one. You too. Take care, man. Bye. Bye.